Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to P.I.'s Declassified. Welcome to the show. Welcome to my guest, Shannon Delos. And I'm very happy to introduce you to Shannon. She and I are friends, and we haven't spoken since forever. I can't even remember when the last time I saw Shannon and spoke to her. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Hey, Francie. Thanks for the invite this morning. Absolutely. Um, You know, I was really trying to remember when the last time was. It's probably, I'm thinking, 10 years, maybe. Oh, you know, I think you and I, uh, actually, I think we saw each other in Sacramento at at the Hill one uh, one time, a couple of years back. But uh, since, yeah, we didn't really speak a whole lot because we were really busy speaking with our representatives, but um, I had my son with me at that, uh, during that visit as well. Okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Great. Absolutely right. I had forgotten about that. But anyway, uh, Shannon, welcome. And, you know, um, as I said, we've known each other for a couple of years, and I know you have, uh, as a private investigator, delved into the uh, entertainment industry, but I really don't know a lot about you. So why don't you tell us how you got from being a a non-PI to a PI and how you got involved in uh, investigating for the entertainment industry? Well, I, I do uh, a lot of work for the entertainment industry, uh, as well as I, I'm working with uh, alongside uh, several really large law firms that I do work for them that uh, assist. Um, I mean, we're a good meeting of the minds because their creed is the same as mine, as they are interested in being of service to the community. So that's really what uh, are my bill payers and from... You know, during COVID, a lot of the entertainment work shut down because they weren't filming anymore. So now I can, I was starting to see an uptick in, in the work I, I've been doing for them. I, gosh, I worked uh, in the entertainment industry for, I, gosh, 10 years now or something like that. And um, never a dull moment. I love it. So how, how did you become a private investigator? How did you start out? I started out as a investigator with uh, some insurance companies and with TPAs, and um, you know I, I found that um, I, I have a saying in my office that my last real job uh, did not align with my definition of integrity. So I used to come home from work and I just felt terrible. And I would tell my husband, Ooh, it's not looking good. I think I'm not going to keep this job. I'm going to have to leave. And I eventually did. I, I had, uh, I walked away from a, a really great job where I was a management trainee. I had profit sharing and a company car and all kinds of great perks. And uh, I mean, it was a tough decision to make, but I took the keys off my key ring, left them on my desk and, and, uh, bid farewell to my coworkers and went home and uh, wandered around my kitchen for a week or so, just trying to figure out what was I going to do. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to open my own PI agency because I am fueled by doing good. And I'm only from now on going to do good. And I did. And then a couple weeks later, I got my test date and went and took the test and passed it. And that was in, uh, gosh, oh my heavens, it's over 25 years ago now. I just realized that, uh, you know, 1997, a long time ago. So you mentioned having a uh, saying in your office. I also have one that I'm looking at right now. It says, this job is a test. Had it been an actual job, you would have received raises, promotions, and other signs of appreciation. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you have to have a real heart for this kind of work in order to show up every day. And we're not, you know, I tell people, we're, you, not everyone is cut from this cloth. It's a certain kind of person. And it's not just people that think they're good at Googling. I hear, I know you do too. I hear that all the time. I hear people tell me once they find out if I tell them what I do uh, for a living, I frequently hear, oh gosh, I always thought I'd be a great PI. And I think, you know, what, what do you think a PI does? They, I think that they don't really understand <laughs> what, what we do. Exactly. Exactly. And what was it about your prior job that, that you didn't like? What, what was it you gave up on? Oh boy. Um, I have to, uh, this was a major insurer and I know since then they have changed. <laughs> they have evolved as most companies do. But back then they were not entirely truthful and uh, they had the department of insurance sniffing around. And eventually after I left, thank God uh, they were, uh, you know, brought up uh, and held to answer for their offenses. And um, I felt like I was jumping ship and I, I'm really happy that I did. It was not easy though. That's the thing is it's not an easy decision to go out on your own and exactly. You don't get raises. We don't get vacations. I, I have a uh, Tabitha Guzman who's worked for me for, I don't know, many years now. I tell her that I don't, I don't do holidays. I just notice the holidays because I right. notice that no one's around. <laughs> because Right. <laughs> Yeah, they're just right? passing by. Right. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So so people that are listening, I'm sure, would be interested in knowing how you got started getting clients. So you have now you have your license. What do you do next? Oh, boy. So here, this is the thing. And I think, again, this is why not everyone is cut from this cost. You... I never, ever stop marketing. Never, never, never. I, I, I am always on the lookout for opportunities, and opportunities come in, in a lot of forms. Um, you know, you've got to think outside the box, and uh, I also know that combined with my, my heart for doing good, uh, it has really worked out for me. It's, you just have to find that, that connection with our peculiar skill set and uh, find people that align with the same mindset. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? It it does make sense. Yeah. You're not going to connect with every person. Not every every person is going to, yeah. Not every person or business is going to appreciate the kind of work you do. And sometimes that's hard to take. It, it is, especially because of the public perception of, of private investigators. And, you know, I became a private investigator because I saw it was a profession that could be used for good. Uh, the problem is, contrary, we're, you know, we're perceived by the public, thanks to the very community that, that I do a lot of work for, um, you know, like the newest show is Ozark, where, you know, we're uh, private investigators are portrayed as shady at best, right. or we're pushed into this profession because that we have no other options. And it's, that's, that's just, I, I don't even know people like that. And I know a lot of people in this industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you said marketing, Shannon, what did, what did that mean? How did, how do you market? How did you start and what did you do? Oh, well, uh, started just, uh, attending, Events. I spend a, just a ridiculous amount of money traveling to uh, conferences, and um, I also have a saying that in uh, I go to these conferences. I spend. I'm about to do it again. I have uh, another one that I have signed up for that is going to be in a couple weeks, and I have paid so much money to literally stand in the same room with these people uh, in the legal community and eat salads with them around table. That's, that's how I market is I meet them face to face, shake their hand, get to know their names and nobody leaves without a, one of my business cards or 
You know, I, I have a flow code that I use. Uh, I reach out to them through any source of media that they are familiar with or comfortable with. Uh, and um, then I also follow up uh, every time with everybody that I connect with. I send them a, a LinkedIn invite or a little note. I do handwritten notes uh, all the time. And they, um, I had somebody the other day say, gosh, you know, I'm calling you because I'm looking at your, your note from the conference that uh, I met you at, and I never threw it away. I could just keep it in my desk because it's just so charming. So there, there are ways to reach out to these people, and they want, they, it helps for them to know you personally. And the way that you do that is you just spend time with them. Wherever they're at, you got to go there. you got to put the suit on and go stand in the room and chat with anyone that will chat with you. And that's literally how I started my business and how uh, I continue to market very interesting. I think that's uh, I think that's an unusual uh, way of marketing, really. Um, and I and you and I had talked about that, that at some point. And at the time, I thought it was an unusual way of marketing. So I know you live in the LA area. So how did you get involved in working with members of the entertainment industry? Uh, for them, I just started to. Oh well, initially I got a call from. Um, ABC, the network, because they needed some stuff done, and I'm not really at this time at liberty to discuss it, but um, they needed some some uh, specialized investigations, and someone that I know, living in the L.A. area, it's hard to not know people. You know, you got you know people in the inter- entertainment industry. If you live anywhere, that's, they're, they're everywhere. So I had someone, a friend of mine, reach out and asked uh, me if I would do some work for them, and I did, and, um, you know, I started to notice names, and then I started to reach out to those people, and uh, they they still, uh, it's funny, they would hire me for their jobs, for, for the networks. Um, we're doing one right now for, actually, we are backgrounding a band that if they're coming my way and they're on my desk in my office and Tabitha uh, is uh, looking at them, that means something great is about to happen to them. Like we, we, uh, I can't tell, I'm not going to say who, but I'll, I'll tell you later, Francie, who we backgrounded. And they, but the listeners know these people that we have backgrounded because we backgrounded them. And the reason why they're known now is because they were being tested to see if they were, uh, you know, a viable candidate to put before the public to become an industry unto themselves. And these people, now they're just enormous people. They're celebrities that, you know, were not known uh, on the typical person's radar. Um, but now we've we've come to understand that when the, the you know, we receive these assignments that it just makes our hearts happy because we know something really great is about to happen for these people. That is if, you know, we don't find anything awful about them, but, um, and we've created, I created a specific work product for that specific industry. And I would encourage uh, all the listeners uh, that are interested in the PI business to do the same. You don't have to go into the entertainment industry. I just happen to do that because, you know, it just, it's worked out for me. But whatever your interest is, I, I love doing good. So does Tabitha and I recently have brought on Melissa Mueller, uh, who does amazing work for me as well. Um, you know, whatever fuels you, go, go there and go do that because you'll find people um, not just, you know, normal citizens, but you'll find other people that are normal citizens that also happen to be in the legal community. And then you'll, you'll find that you have a meeting of your mind, and uh, it, it takes time. It takes diligence. It takes money. You have to spend money to market your business, and that sometimes is really financially painful. But if you don't do it, then, you know, this, this is... Uh, potentially something that's not going to work out for you or you'll end up working for someone else, which is, is fine too. So everybody's on their own journey, but that's how I do it. So what, what I'm hearing, Shannon, between the lines is it's not all about making money. 
I, no, no. And that's where volunteering comes in. So um, the, the paying jobs um, help pay for the jobs that don't pay. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you work uh, at the jobs, you t- I take jobs that are not always my favorite, but, you know, that's fine. And they pay my bills and they pay my people and I'm happy to do it. Um, but that also allows me to have more freedom to be of service. So um, it's like a it's like a, a yin and yang. Uh, one serves the other. Well, and and the topic for today actually is why volunteering is vital for the PI community. So let's segue into that. Um, what are you talking about? Well, I so our problem in our industry is that no one really gets what we do. You know, they, they see, uh, like I was saying, uh, um, in, in the, you don't ever, I, I don't know of any, uh, you know, instances in any media where we're portrayed as do-gooders and good people. And, you know, Francie, I know you know a million PIs as well. We're, you know, I, I'm always impressed at what wonderful, kind, sweet, big-hearted, generous, loving people we are. And the funny thing is, is, you know, uh, that's, that doesn't make interesting um, movies. <laughs> they want right. to see the, you know, you, 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 they want to see friction. And yeah. um, we're the ones that are trying to help resolve that friction in society. And uh, I really wish that there was a way for that perception to change. But for me, the only way is like guerrilla marketing. And the way that I guerrilla market is I volunteer and um, I, which I also love to do. So, you know, you want what I hope for the future of our industry is that people will think that whatever they may be facing, that our industry is here to help them. And we're an important asset to the community rather than shady, you know, um, I was speaking with Ken Childs the other day, a couple of weeks back, and we talked about this this very point that, um, you know, we want to be perceived as being heroes and helpful and kind and doing good for for the world. Uh, you know, it's good for us and it's it's good for our clients. I think everyone should feel the need to have, a, uh, you know, you have your hairdresser, you have your mechanic, you have your dog groomer. Uh, if, if needed, you have re, uh, resources that can lead you to a good attorney. You should also have a good PI. You know, I want to be included in that list and people uh, that you have in your back pocket. And that's an interesting concept. Um, and you mentioned Ken Childs. Ken Childs is another uh, private investigator in the LA area, uh, who, you know, does kind of investigations that are a little bit different than maybe many of us do. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he he's also good. We're, all of us actually are good resources in our various capacities and various specialties. So it is an interesting community because you can go to another private investigator and learn all kinds of things you didn't know otherwise, like me talking to you, for example. And what this show is all about is just to learn from each other. So right. uh, that's a really good example. So Absolutely, what, yeah. When you're talking about volunteering, what does that look like? So, um, I have a, I have a couple examples. So, um, so one of them is, is, uh, uh, involving a murder case. So if, uh, any of your listeners have, uh, are triggered by me speaking a little bit about a, a murder, maybe, you know, hit that fast forward, forward button a couple times. Um, but I won't, I won't get too gory. Just, uh, it's going to be okay. Um, but I, I, when I was in junior high school, for example, I had a friend named Kelly Roberts, and he called me, and we were like 12 years old, he called me crying, saying his aunt had been murdered. And that just, that murder shattered that family. There's Kelly, uh, Kelly's mom, her name is Sherry, and Sherry's mom 
was named Joe. And uh, Kelly's aunt, Sherry's sister, Joe's daughter, her name was Stephanie Summers. Uh, she was she was brutally murdered in her apartment in Silver Lake in 1980, and it was it just became a cold case for you know I don't even know 25 years or something like that. And uh, when I would hang out with Kelly, it, it, Kelly would talk about it constantly, which you know uh, people that are survivors of trauma. Uh, that's what they do. They talk a lot when they are grieving people that are grieving. They talk a lot about um, that person that they're grieving. It's just a normal part of the process. And I was there that whole time when Kelly would talk about it. And when Sherry would talk about it, when I'd go to Kelly's house to hang out. And so, you know, I flash forward many years later, like 20 years later, Kelly reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, Shannon, this, this case was never solved. It's a cold case. Is this something you might take a look at for my family? And I said, oh, heck yeah, absolutely. So mm. I did, and I started researching, and I had this case uh, share, uh, I, for, for this family. I had it open 10 years. But mm. it eventually, I know this is a this is an epic, epic story. Um, it's actually worthy of its, probably its own podcast, which, uh, you know, I don't have any idea how to do, but I'm sure it would make a, I know it would make a really compelling story. Um, you know, I, I started to look into it and contacted LAPD and then the wheels began turning and, and I would let it sit for a bit and I would keep coming back to it from time to time during those quiet times, which all of us have, all of us have quiet times where our, you know, you, our work is either slow or it's over a holiday or something like that, where you can just have a look around and see, uh, you know, pick up a case or two that you can volunteer on and keep, keep your eye on, which is exactly what I did with this one. So, uh, you know, again, flash forward many years later, and I think I was actually at a Cali conference in Palm Springs, and my friend, you know, you know her, Diane Diamond, called me uh-huh. and said, hey. Yep. Yeah. She's, she's my homie. Uh, I love Diane. Um, she called and said, hey, there's been an arrest on your cold case. And well. I went, what? It sounds crazy. So I started yeah. looking into that. That gave us a name, and that name uh, led me on a journey of finding uh, out more information about this guy. This guy uh, that was arrested for the murder of Stephanie uh, was already in serving a 25-year sentence for uh, murdering uh, a boy uh, about a mile away from Stephanie's house. And he shotgunned this poor kid in the back of the head while he was sleeping. And uh, he uh, called it self-defense, which, of course, was just, you know, ridiculous. Um, but I was able to locate this, this boy's name. His name was, and I'm going to say his name, because he, it's like he disappeared after he was murdered. Because, it, it, you know, he wasn't well-known. He was just a kid living his life. But his name was Derek Eugene Perry. And Derek had a sister named Dolly, and the two of them were like soulmate, soulmate brother and sister. They worked Mm. together constantly. And so, again, that family was utterly shattered by the murder of, of their, you know, loved one, Derek. And so what I did, let's just cut to the chase on this. This is a huge, huge uh, life-defining case for me um, that I'm privileged to have been a part of. Um, I contacted, was able to locate uh, Derek's remaining family, and I was able to speak with Dolly. And Dolly was uh, just a kid when her brother was murdered, and, you know, she, and the, uh, she was... Uh, grateful that I located her, and I was grateful to speak with her. And I told her, hey, this guy that murdered your, your brother is going to court. And may, maybe you'd like to attend some of those uh, those mm. days in court. And and she did. So I got to meet her. I got, mm. uh, I got to hook up the two families that were 
oddly connected because they both lost loved ones at the hands of of, of uh, Harold Anthony Parkinson. Uh, at the end of all of this, uh, he was finally um, uh, sentenced to life without parole. And there he is sitting in prison right now. And I would also like to say that when I came into this case and once it occurred to me what was going on with this guy, he was about to be paroled for the murder uh, because they thought he had done enough time uh, after wow. murdering Derek, Derek Perry. And he had uh, job offers to drive tow trucks. Can you imagine that guy showing up when you had a flat tire? Uh, thanks. No. No, thanks. <laughs> no. No, thank you. Interesting. Wow. So here's That's... the thing, and where I was able... I, uh, just quickly on the other end of this. So I, I, when I was talking about thinking outside the box on how you can be helpful, um, you know, when he was at his sentencing, Parkinson at his sentencing, it was an amazing day because prior to that, I offered to help uh, Sherry, who, again, was Stephanie's sister, um, put her thoughts together for her victim impact statement. And Sherry was afraid that she was just not going to be able to make it through reading that in court. And uh, I said, I'll stand right next to you while uh, you read this. And she said, uh, would you mind if uh, you read it? And I said, oh, absolutely. I mean, please let me read this impact statement for you. So that's what I did. Uh, when he was sentenced, uh, I, this was like one of my, the most epic days of my entire life. I got not only read Sherry's victim impact statement, but Sherry's mother, Joe, uh, was, okay. Shannon, uh, hang, very, on, hang on to that for a second. Would you, while we take absolutely. a break, because I want to give enough time to this. So, uh, we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com PI Magazine is the most respected magazine of the professional investigator. We feature stories and articles on current trends and issues, equipment reviews, tips, and practical advice. Don't miss the new and exciting year in PI Magazine. Subscribe today at PIMagazine.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PI's Declass. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. My guest today is Shannon Tulis. Am I pronouncing that right? Because I think I butchered it originally, Shannon. Um, no, it's, Tula- t- it's, it's Tullis. I know, Tullis. no one gets it, okay. but it's all right. Now, no one gets yours either. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Absolutely true. And uh, 
Shannon is a private investigator in the LA area, and she's just telling us about this amazing case that she volunteered to investigate uh, for some friends that are a friend that uh, whose relative was murdered. So, okay, so you're talking about the sentencing, and you've uh, you're reading the victim impact statement for your friend. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, what? Uh, there's Joe, who was the victim's mother, Stephanie's mother. Joe passed away not ever knowing what happened to her daughter, which just always kind of haunted me. And um, she was uh, actually became really uh, um, active in a group called Parents of Murdered Children. So she was quoted in the press quite a lot about this, uh, you know, the murder of her daughter. So I... Again, thinking outside of the box, I thought, you know what? She never had her opportunity to read her impact statement either. So what I did is I dug in and I researched uh, Joe and all of her comments. And I put together, I assembled a impact statement based on her quotes in the press. And they were really, uh, uh, you know, there were a lot of them. So it was pretty uh, interesting how I was able to assemble her own statement and from you know the other side she's like she she uh gave us a gift by being so verbal so uh she was able to be heard eventually in court it it was pretty cool so i uh was able to not only read sherry's impact statement with sherry standing right next to me uh i was also able to read uh joe's impact statement that I wrote and the court uh, allowed it. It allowed me to read it right in court, right to this guy's face. I looked right into his eyes and read Joe's victim impact statement uh, that I wrote based on her own quotes. And uh, so he got to hear, you know, Harold Anthony Parkinson uh, got to hear how he utterly shattered uh, these lives. And um, it, it was seriously one of the uh, I mean there are moments in your life where you look back and you think wow that was that was pretty great now this one this that moment was I there aren't even I don't even have words to describe how epic it was I mean my husband was there and my son who's a, a U.S. Marine was there and it was one of those moments that just uh was able to all come together beautifully and Dolly got to look into the face of her brother's murderer and read her statement to him. So there are a lot of people that got to be heard. Uh, and I, I know are in the process of, of healing, uh, even as we speak, because, because why? Because I decided to volunteer. I, I woke up that one morning and said, no, I'm good. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to ride this out as long as it takes. I'm never going to stop. I'm devoted for however long it takes. And it was awesome. Amazing story. Just amazing story. And I understand that the family members of both victims are listening today because you're on the show. Yeah. And I certainly... Hi, everyone. Welcome, yeah. Certainly welcome them and, and uh, applaud you for, for being there for them. And I'm sure they're extremely oh appreciative. Yeah, yeah. So, what was what was this guy's motive? What what caused him to to kill people? Do you know? Well, you know, um, this is a, a good question. He never spoke in court. He just, uh, you know, just sat there quietly. And um, it, it, I would love the opportunity. And I'm still I. I, I let me back the bus up. This this case, although it seemingly has been resolved, it still is not resolved with me because I want to know why. I want to understand more. I want to figure out, and I'm hoping that in the future I actually have the opportunity to go meet with him. I'm going to drive myself up to Central California and go visit him if I am able to do that, if that works out. Because I, I know yeah. I want to know why, and uh, maybe he'll tell me. I hope to find out. Good for you. Good for you. So, yeah. so, so I, 
I can see how you get drawn into helping somebody that's a childhood friend. What other kind of volunteering um, efforts do you do? I, uh, gosh, I, I just look for opportunity. Like, um, you know, last year, another uh, one that I love that makes me just feel great in my heart is I helped a family um, help save their father's retirement. Uh, it was a, um elder abuse case that was brought to my attention. I mean, it falls under the, the, the heading of elder abuse, but basically it was just a, a, a local, you know, helper, quote helper that came to this disabled you know, elderly person's aid. And, you know, he was a predator. Predators come in a number of forms and they're not just child predators. They're, uh, they're elderly. They're, they, you know, predators attack the elderly too. And the way they do that is by, you know, trying to be a, a, helpful to them. And then what they do is they slowly drain the bank accounts because these people are, are um, you know, they're the ones with the money and predators love to go where the money is. So I was able to help this family. They came to me and said, hey, you know, this guy has been uh, hovering around our dad. Uh, we want to know what's going on with him. So we did a deep dive on him. And by the way, not paid, not even paid penny one for this. And that's fine. Uh, he absolutely was a predator and he'd been doing this uh, to a number of other people. And, uh, so the family was able to come in and explain this to their, to their father and they filed charges against the guy. And, um, that was enough to help resolve that, uh, that issue with, uh, with this family. But, you know, the whole point of why I went into this line of work is uh, because I'm a do-gooder. I'm a door holder. I'm a door opener. I, I run up and open that door. If I see someone is in need, I'm going to go run in there and do what I could do to be helpful. And uh, I know that I'm not alone in, uh, in thinking that way. You know, I know Ken Childs is, and I know, uh, you know, another great friend of mine is Harriet Gold and, you know, she's in Atlanta. And yes, we have I these conversations. <laughs> yeah. Harriet's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And her husband, David, we just love them. Um, you know, we're, we're not alone in, in, um, thinking that way. You know, I, I, I think it is a terrible shame that, you know, uh, during COVID I heard people talking about a Mr. Rogers quote about looking for the helpers. You know, mm-hmm. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? Have, yep. Yeah. 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 When things when bad things happen, Mr. Rogers said his mom told him, "Look for the helpers. It's going to be okay. Look for the helpers. They're going to show up." I I would love for our industry to be perceived as helpers yeah, because we are, you know. So, how would you answer the question, Shannon, from um, from another private investigator who says, "Then how am I going to make a living?" Ah, uh, you know. I don't know how you're going to make a living. I, I have also learned that I don't know is still an answer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know how you're going to make a living, but there's kind of that amalgam that you can assemble when you use your unique skill set. Um, I saw a meme, a meme the other day of, uh, on an a investigator chat board where someone posted a picture of Liam Neeson and said, this is the only photo you need on your business card. Just hand this out of, you know, <laughs> Liam Neeson, okay. uh, you know, with your, your unique set of skills. Um, find, find that meeting of your skill set, what, what matches with you and your, your mind and your intellect and head that direction. And uh, it all just seems to work out. I don't have a specific answer because it's so unique to each of us because each of us are good at something different. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't really mm-hmm. do surveillance. If I wanted surveillance, I'd call Ken mm-hmm. um, or, you know, someone else that's perhaps more local to a specific area where my assignment is. Um, I am, my office is great with doing online research. I'm a 
you know, we are ninja level OSINT investigators and <laughs> that's really where we shine. But uh, that's a great description. And OSINT, for those of those of you who don't know, is open source investigations. Um, that is a great description. I love it. <laughs> so Okay, well, volunteering, so- it, volunteering doesn't need to take 10 years. It could be just something real simple that you're going to be of, of assistance quickly. Like I like, to, I like to help people with their phones, <laughs> as odd as that seems. And then they also are going to walk away with my business card. And I also, my contact information uh, is at the ready at all, at all times. So wherever you can be of service. And then the thing is, if, 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 uh, how, you, how you do this is you... Be that PI where someone says, hey, you know what? I met a PI because there aren't many of us and we're really notable once people meet us, you know, that I know you have the same experience, Francie, where people meet you and you're like, I tell people, yeah, I'm a, I'm a PI. And then they never forget that because they, they don't That's know right. many PIs. And the next question is, do you carry a weapon? <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> You know, Cynthia Hamilton uh, used to say, another private investigator used to say, to answer that question, uh, yes, only if it matches my outfit or my shoes. (laughs) 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 That's so funny. So, all right. So, the, the big elephant in the room is how do you do, how do you spend time volunteering and actually uh, service paying clients? Uh, I think volunteer comes first. Uh, it is uh, a, um, uh, the jobs come after that, after you volunteer, because they have to know you before, you know, they can think of you, right? They, uh, I get jobs from people that say, hey, you know, um, my, my aunt told me about you, or, uh, you know, I, I actually a couple articles that I've been featured in kind of came up too, where people say, Hey, I read about you or I, or you know what? Also another thing you can do, um, which has worked out for me, strangely, uh, I started, uh, being voted, you know, there's, there are best of categories in your local area. Right. These, these are everywhere because, because they're used for marketing for the local newspapers. So, um, if you can get on those best of lists, uh, a number of years ago in my hometown of Santa Clarita, I was voted best PI, and it just stunned me. I thought, who even knows me that would vote for me, you know? Um, and then I am, I've been, since then, voted best PI in Santa Clarita for I don't even know how many years. Uh, and the thing is, it's because my name comes up, and, I, um, and they, they know what I do and uh, that I like to be a service and that's my reputation. My reputation is, is what gets me the jobs eventually. So I know when they bring up, um, you know, best of whatever, there's always a publication that goes out and that publication uh, will have your name in it. And it's like a coffee table book. People put it in uh you know, beside their sofa with all their other newspapers and stuff that they want to keep and uh, magazines and such. And there you are. You're there for a whole year. So it's really great advertising. It's just, it's just getting out there. Also, you can volunteer in your community. There are community board. Uh, there mm, there are community out. boards. Sorry, I got a call. Okay. There are community boards, community boards in your local area that will show you about volunteering opportunities and you can go show up there and clean up, uh, you know, trails and do city beautification projects and plant trees and whatever. And that's also how you get out there and get your name known to where you are their local PI and every community needs a local PI. And if you are the one that they know and they've met and they know what you look like and they see you when you go out uh, to watch the Dodger game, go Dodgers um, or the Rams, go Rams. Um, they will recognize you and say, Hey, and then you come to mind when they need you later. 
or and then they refer out. So, I mean, it, it takes time. It takes time and, and effort. Uh, it's, <laughs> it actually, Shannon, it sounds exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. But, That's why it's not for everybody. It's right. definitely not for everybody. Francie, do you know most PI agencies, um, Jimmy Macis told me, most PI agencies close in under five years. They don't even make it five years. And I've, mm-hmm. I've been in business for 25 years. Right. So it is exhausting. It's, it's, if you want a job, that jobs just come to you and you show up and you sit at your desk all day and then you go home, then don't do this kind of work. <laughs> find, a, right. find something it's, else to do. It's true. It's not going to work out for you. It's all-consuming. They're absolutely right. If you want, if you want something to do that is all-consuming, that got, that uh, takes over your life, uh, it's a, it's private investigator work for sure. Many times, unless unless you're doing something very specific, like maybe surveillance may may not guide you there. But definitely, the kind of work you do, um, the kind of work I do, definitely takes over. Um, your thoughts, your dreams, everything you do is uh, oh yeah, circles circles around that. So absolutely, we just have a couple of minutes left, Shannon. Um, so so anybody that's interested in doing this volunteering, where would you tell them to start? I would uh, I would tell them first of all get on a uh, get on a make your own logo, a kind of a business card type of thing, and have it printed up as uh, fridge magnets. Carry around those magnets wherever you go and hand them out to people. So they w- you will be on their refrigerator um, behind the um, pizza coupons right. and, or in front of. Yeah, get, get your name out there. And the way you do that is with, uh, uh, for me, it's worked very well with fridge magnets. And um, everywhere you go, just strike up a conversation and say, you know, I always ask, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, they do this, whatever. And then they say, what do you, obviously, they're going to ask me and I tell them. Mm -hmm. And then they always say, oh, man, that's awesome. And then I hand them uh, either a card or uh, a magnet, generally, and um, just show up, show up uh, in your local community, uh, show up at conferences, go to conferences where PIs don't go. Just show up there, too. And I've gotten a ridiculous amount of business from standing in a room that I could, by the way, not afford, uh, surrounded by people wearing suits that cost more than my car. So uh, I get a lot of business from them. (laughs) And um, No, it's not. It is exhausting. And that's how you start. You just have to, um, you know, make sure that you make sure this is the line of work for you. And if it is, then you got to make that constant effort and uh, to make sure that your name is out there and not only just your name, you as a person, if people get, Ronald Reagan used to do that, by the way, he used to, he put more miles on Ronald Reagan on his uh, Air Force One than anybody, than any president ever, because his, his thought was, I want to go fly out there and go have lunch with them. Uh, And so, because they're more likely to uh, do better business with the U.S. So he would fly all over the all over the world to have lunch with people. And um, I was on a field trip with my son one time, standing in that very Air Force One um, at the Reagan Museum. And I thought, you know what? That is, it works uh, good enough for him. It definitely was going to work good enough for me, and it has. It's really paid off. So that's my advice: is just <laughs> you know start start there. Go where you think you shouldn't go. And go stand there and be friendly. That's a great piece of advice to apply to everything we do, for sure, to just show up and be there and get acquainted. You know, I think we forget that everything we do is based on relationships. We certainly do that when we we, uh, talk to our state and and, uh, federal legislators. It's about establishing a relationship. So, but thank you, Shannon, so much for being on the show today. Um, I think you've given us some valuable insight on how we can be better. That's great. Yeah. 
I, I know I um, I know that I'm cut from this cloth. I know a lot of people are. You are, and a lot of our really amazing contemporaries are. And um, I I just hope for the best for our uh, for our profession. And uh, I think we have a really great and bright future ahead of us. And uh, that makes me feel really optimistic. Uh, yeah, for sh- for sure. And I've had, you know, I've had some similar experiences to to yours. I had a woman that was uh, disappeared, and uh, in fact, it was uh, it's been replayed on Unsolved Mysteries uh, as they've replayed it on the various <laughs> channels over the years. Uh, yeah, she, she's never surfaced. Uh, we believe that uh, her husband. Uh, took care of her in some way <laughs> not uh, <laughs> no yeah and uh, and you know, he was a very, a very brilliant man and he's now living in another state uh, I absolutely believe he got away with murder and uh, and like what you did we uh, we were able to get the cold case reopened as after a series of articles was written as cold case reopened and worked directly with the local police department and followed through on every lead we had. And that was all volunteer and lots of trips to the location where he grew up, learning, doing background on him and all of those kind of things, of course, uh, uncompensated. And it's still unsolved, unfortunately, but we feel good about our part. And uh, right. Well, it's, it's of such great value, and the family need the the victims need that. They need to feel like they're they're not forgotten, and their right. their loved ones are not forgotten. That's absolutely vital. And isn't that great that we're able to do that for people? I think that's amazing. This, this is a great line of work. If you are do gooder. Yep. <laughs> of course, <laughs> my husband keeps saying. We are not a nonprofit organization. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, I know it's true, but that's why the paying jobs help fund the jobs that don't pay. So, yeah, you know, for you, sure. you still have to be a good business person. You still have to bring the work in, but uh, and and it comes, it comes. It's uh, and each agency is different. We're all our own kind of unicorn, and that's that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, and and of course you have to pay your staff. You have to meet your expenses, all of those things uh, as part of operating a business. But it's good. It's all good. Right. And thank. So thank you, Shannon. Uh, thank you for shedding a bright light on uh, something that I think is really important. And thanks for being on the show. Oh, and thank you so much for inviting me again. Absolutely. And for the rest of you, it's PIs Declassified. It's Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you to the families that joined in today to hear Shannon's story. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll be right back.